Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. Don't worry about worldly things that will rust, pass away, will get stolen from you. Lay up treasure in heaven where that treasure can never be stolen. What is the treasure that can go to heaven preceding your arrival? The only thing, the only thing that you can lay up are souls for the kingdom of God. That's the only thing you can lay up more than another person next to you. It does not say give your money to the church and you will have riches in the kingdom of heaven. You don't need money in heaven. You don't need gold in heaven. You don't need any riches in heaven. You need nothing in heaven. It's already there. Prepared for you by Jesus in the approval of the Father. The streets that you're going to walk on are made out of translucent, pure gold. Amen. The only thing you can lay up preceding you in arriving in heaven that will determine the rewards you receive, the determine the authority you have in heaven is how many souls did you win for the kingdom? That's the only thing you have control of. Some people will, yes, they will make it to heaven. They will have absolutely no reward. Oh, they're saved and they are in heaven. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for that. They never won one soul, never as much as lifted a finger to try and win a soul. What do you think their reward will be nothing and every person will appear before the judgment seat of Christ every person will appear before the judgment seat of Christ a lot of people are scared about that revelation that that scripture in the book of revelation there's nothing to be scared about they're worried about oh man when i get to heaven there'll be like this great big movie theater screen and they're going to play my life and all the stuff I did wrong and everybody's going to see it no that is not what's going to happen because Jesus covered all those sins with his blood they're washed away there is nothing to view future past present sins are all wiped away completely If you sin today, you were saved last year and you sin today, repent. It's covered under the blood. When you get to heaven, there will be nothing to show anybody. It doesn't matter what you did. The Apostle Paul murdered Christians before he was saved. Beat them, tortured them. And yet, he say, I offended no one. Why? Because he was born again. All his sins were covered under the blood. They were all washed away. 
Now, in this natural body, you may have to pay for your sins. If you killed someone, you may have to give your life, if that's what the justice system says is deserving. That does not stop you from going to heaven. If you completely repent of that sin, receive Jesus as your Savior, you're going to heaven. While you're on death row, you can witness to other prisoners, you can witness to the guards, whatever you need to do. You may get one or two saved. Now you got some rewards when you get to heaven. Glory to God. But when they view your screen, let's see what you did in your life. Oof. And there's just a blank screen. I say, well, didn't do much, did you? But you're here. And off you go. But if you give faithfully to your church and your church is doing the works that they're called to do and they're supporting missionaries overseas that are winning souls, you get credit for every soul that's saved as well. If you sow by faith into ministries such as ours and help us get the gospel out, which is our mission statement, get the word out, and souls are saved, not only do we get credit for it, you get credit for it. Glory to God. So when the, you appear before the judgment seat of Christ, it's like, let's see what you did. Woof. And it shows millions of people saved. Jesus is going to turn to you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest of your Lord. And he will give you, we studied before about the different crowns. I'm not going to take time to go over it now. But you'll get your crown of righteousness. You can get your... I mean, it's just so... You know, you're going to see people walking around with up to five, six crowns on their heads. Jesus said, Enter into the kingdom. I'll make you ruler over five cities, three cities, one city. Yes, there will be rulers in heaven. Not so much in heaven, but when we get back to this earth in the millennium. Jesus will make us rulers over these cities. That doesn't mean we are kings. That doesn't mean that we are Lord. That doesn't mean that we are a God over this city. It means that we rule in his authority over that city. Because there will still be people left on this earth in the millennium. That's clear in scripture as well. 1,000 years of peace on this earth. Which will be enforced and overseen by rulers and cities and governments and all of that. We lay up for ourselves the rewards in heaven by the seed we sow here. You sow a seed, as we are talking about, into your workplace. Even if you get fired and sent home, say, Lord, I represented you there. I never caved in. They may not have appreciated I don't know how many get saved, if they will get saved, but I planted the seed while I was there. It's up to you to work with it now. Now, Lord, I need another job. Lead me to the next job, Lord, for I am yours and you take care of my needs. And you will be led to the next job. Guaranteed. Absolutely guaranteed. Because the word never lies. Amen? And when you get to heaven, you will receive your reward for what you did there. Glory to God. All right. Let's turn over to uh, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Verse 19, again, here you see Jesus telling his followers, his disciples, those that follow Jesus. He says, Behold, I am giving to you power. 
to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. But don't rejoice in that, that your spirits are that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In other words, it's not you doing the work. Don't you make yourself out to be somebody that you're not. Don't try and be a show-off to others. Hey, uh, Harry, watch this. See old Joe over there? Watch me cast this devil out of him, man. Hey, Harry, or hey, Joe, come here. He walks over and you lay hands on him and, you know, cast the devil of alcohol out of him and he falls down on the floor flopping and stuff. Yeah, how about that, Harry? See, I told you I could do it. No. Don't do anything like that. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. He says, don't think you're doing it because you're something great. Just rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and you're going to heaven. And because you're going to heaven, now you want to lay up treasure in heaven. You want to prepare your heavenly home. Glory to God. And you do that by using the power he gives to you to win souls. Amen. Go to verse 23. He turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I'm telling you, and I like personalizing scripture. Some places in my scripture I have my name written in there. Let's go back up to verse 19. I'll give you an example. It says, I give you, Bob, Power to tread on serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will by any means hurt you, Bob. Notwithstanding this, don't rejoice in that, that the spirits are subject to you. But rather rejoice, Bob, because your name is written in heaven. See how it works? Now down in verse 23. Blessed are the eyes which see the things which you see. For I'm telling you, Bob, many prophets and kings desire to see these things which you see, Bob. But they did not see them. They wanted to hear the things which you hear, Bob, but they did not hear them. Amen. You see how that works? Glory to God. Flip the page, a couple pages, over to chapter 12. Luke 12. This goes back to what we're focusing on. The cry in the midnight hour. Who is it doing the crying? There is nothing covered we're in 12, verse 2. There is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hidden that shall not be made known. Therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which you have spoken in the ear and closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Now I'm telling you, my friends, don't be afraid of them that can kill the body and after that have nothing else they can do. I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he is killed also has power to cast you into hell. That's the one you need to fear. Fear him. Amen. He's talking about God the Father. He's with you. Give him the fear, respect, admiration, and honor he deserves. That's the one you need to fear and worry about, not what man can do to you. If you get captured by ISIS, it's a terrible thing. They'll probably torture you, try to get you to recant your faith in Jesus Christ. We already studied. Jesus said, if you proclaim me before men, I'll proclaim you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before men, then I deny you. Do not renounce your Christian authority. Even if they threaten to cut off your head, just say, thank you. 
and Jesus loves you. And let him cut it off. Glory to God. Let him execute you. End your toil and tribulation on this earth and enter into the joy of your Lord. Here we can read in the book of Revelation. But those who were martyred during the tribulation period, their heads were cut off. An untold number of them. Because they refused the testimony of Jesus Christ. They refused to reject the testimony of Jesus Christ. Who does the beheading? It hasn't been around for a long time and all of a sudden it's resurrected because of Islamic terrorism. Amen? Anyway, that's not the direction we're going right now. Glory to God. Go to verse 37. 12. Yeah, verse 37. Luke 12, 37. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord Let's see. Let's back up one verse to 36. Luke 12, 36. You yourselves, like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Blessed are those servants when the Lord comes, he finds them watching. Let's go back to our base scripture again. In the midnight hour, a cry went out. Who's doing the watching? They're in a position to cry. Here, blessed are those servants when the Lord comes, he finds them watching. Truly, I say to you, that he, the Lord himself, will gird himself and make them to sit down and eat and will come forth and serve them. But if he comes in the second watch or even the third watch and finds them so blessed are those servants doesn't matter what time he shows up if you are watching. If it's your turn to watch, you better be watching. And those servants who are watching, every one of them, the Lord will serve. When you get to heaven in your heavenly banquet, you will be served there. Your work is over. Glory to God. Verse 39. Now, let's go down to verse 41. Then Peter said to him, Lord, are you speaking this to all of us or just to us? In other words, is this just for the leadership, Lord? Is this just for those who are anointed to go and preach the gospel? Is it, are you just talking to us or are you talking to everybody? And Jesus said, Who is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his whole household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is the servant, whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find him so doing. Jesus has gone. He's left his church, the body of Christ, here on this earth. Every person is called. You have a calling, and the calling of God is without repentance. Again, you are called into some form of ministry to go, to help, or to finance it. If you are doing your calling when Jesus returns... Oh, blessed you are indeed. But if you're called to finance it and you say, I, I never get any recognition. You know, he stands up there and preaches and I'm, I'm paying for half this meeting. You know, I, I give his budget for one meeting is $20,000. I give that in a month. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go start preaching. And if that's your attitude, you're not doing what you're called to do. 
Your job was to finance the guy who could win souls. That's his anointing. Soul winning. Healings. Miracles. Your calling is in the financial realm to support that. That's your calling. To translate out of the, the, the riches of the world are laid up for the just. Your job is to translate that income from worldly system into the kingdom of God to do the work on this earth. That's your calling. Not everybody can do that. And if you're operating in your calling, when the Lord comes, blessed, verse 43 says, is that servant. Verse 44, truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my Lord is not coming for a while, and begins to beat the men's servants and maid servants, and to eat and drink, to be drunk. In other words, you decide you're not going to do the work God wanted you to do. You're not going to operate according to your calling. You're going to use that $10,000 a month you could, you should have been given to the church to lay up for yourself treasure on this earth, as we already studied. And I went over in detail last week. Instead of uh, operating according to your calling and your anointing of generating income translated from the world system into God's kingdom, and you are called to give $10,000 a month or a year or whatever into the ministry to further the gospel, you decide, you know, I'll just give my $100 or $500. I'm going to keep the rest and build up this treasure on earth. Well... You're not doing what God told you to do. Verse 46, The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he's not looking for him. And in an hour when he's not aware of. And will cut him apart. And will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. I went over this in this prior study about laying up treasure in heaven. The ten virgins all believed they were going into the wedding banquet. But five were not ready and were not allowed in. You do not want to be in that group. Amen. You want to do what the Lord has told you to do with the calling that is on your life. Like I said, you may have a calling at fixing computers or fix, fixing electronics. Or fix the church's computer system. Upgrade it for them. Help them to hook up a wireless router and all that other stuff. Secure the router and whatever they need. If that's your calling, help out. Glory to God. You may be a car mechanic. Fix the pastor's car. Tell him, Pastor, I'll give you a tune-up anytime you need it. And his car starts running rough. He gives you a call. Go fix it for him. That servant, verse 47, which knew his Lord's will and did not prepare himself, neither did he do according to God's will. He is not operating in the calling which God gave him to do. He shall be beaten with many stripes. There is a price to pay if you're not following through on what God told you to do. There is a price to pay. But he that did not know and committed things worthy of stripes, will be beaten with fewer stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, there you go again, 
you're called into the financial support ministry. But instead of giving what God had told you in your heart to give, you decided to give according to the world system, which is to get all you can. I love this saying by Andrew Womack. Especially here in the West, in America, it seems like get all you can, can all you get, then sit in the can. Amen. If that's what you've been operating by, you're not doing what God told you to do. On whom much is given, of him much is required. Now, I talked about the financial ministry aspect. If you are called to be a soul winner, and your word that you preach is confirmed with signs following according to Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 21... These signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the, the cast out devils of my name and all that all the way down. Uh, we went through Matthew chapter 10, verse 6 through 8. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. That's your calling. And you decide, you know, people think I'm a charlatan when I do stuff like that. I, I'm not going to make a show of it. I'm not going to do that. You're going to be beaten with many stripes. But if you don't know that you're called, you know you're called to preach. But that's all you know. So you start holding a Bible study and you're, you're doing what you know. No one's ever come alongside you and assisted you. You know you have a calling. You know you need to operate in a higher level of ministry, but you just don't know how to get there. Well, you didn't know. To whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. But he did not know and commit things worthy as they should be beaten with fewer stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, much shall be required. But to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. And Jesus says, I've come to send fire on the earth. What am I going to do if it's already started? I have a baptism to be baptized with. How am I pained until it's accomplished. I have a, I'm pained because I want the kingdom of God to do so now. But I have to go through this first at the cross in order to bring it to pass. Do you suppose that I've come to give peace on this earth? I'm telling you no. Rather division. And he goes through and lists the division. I'm telling you folks, everyone has pictures of, oh, come Lord Jesus. Oh, come Lord Jesus. And this loving Jesus. Hi guys, I'm back. Oh, this is so great. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. No! That's how he was. He came as a lamb the first time. He's coming as a lion the second time. If you are not caught up with the shout that goes out at midnight, Behold, the, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. If you're not called out at that last trump, the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and you are called up to meet him in the air. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Matter of fact, let's turn over there. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Glory to God. The voice of the archangel with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the boatload you want to go out on. 
Why do they say that the dead in Christ shall rise first? <laughs> I can't remember who said it. It might have been Smith Wigglesworth, but I'm not positive. I just remember hearing it. The dead in Christ have to rise first because they got six feet farther to go. They come out of them graves, their bodies glorify, and we all go up to heaven together. Amen. But they have to rise first, otherwise we'd beat them up there. So the dead in Christ rise first because they got six feet farther to go. Glory to God. But then we which are alive and remain, all of us be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's the victory celebration. That's the one that the bridegroom, the, the voice, the cry goes out in the midnight hour. The bridegroom cometh, come ye out and meet him. That's the cry that we've been studying about. Who is the one who's going to do the cry? Here it says Jesus himself. Well, we know by the Holy Spirit, that's true. But who is he going to use to prepare those to get ready? Because it has to be those. Oh, glory to God. People have to be alive spiritually. To understand what's going to take place. And it's up to you and I to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Down in verse 10. To wait for his son from heaven. Whom he raised from the dead. Jesus. Which delivered us from the wrath to come. Amen. That's what we have. That's what we have. We are waiting right now. For his son to come from heaven, whom God raised from the dead, Jesus, which delivered us. He has delivered us already from the wrath to come. The wrath to come, I mean, there's wrath right now in the earth. There is no doubt about it. But the wrath to come is the wrath of God. Jesus said he will not let, I mean, think about this for a second. Just, just think about it in this terms. We are the bride of Christ. And he loves his bride. Amen. He died to save his bride. He died, suffered, died, went to hell for his bride. Why would he want his bride to suffer tribulation? You get the people that talk about mid-trib, post-trib. Why would he, you know, I love you, I love you, I love you, I die for you. Now I'm going to make you go through tribulation just to prove it. No. He proves his love by getting his bride out before the tribulation happens. Amen. That's why we are going to be delivered before all hell breaks loose on this earth because God is going to pour out his wrath. This is not just a tornado here and a flood here and a drought here and war over here. This is 21 wrath of God judgments. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. 
Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.